be extremely honest with yourself, surround yourself with honest people, and do it with extraordinary levels of authenticity. Welcome to Honest E-Commerce, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer, and I believe running a direct-to-consumer brand does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. On this podcast, we interview founders and experts who are putting in the work and creating real results. I also share my own insights from running our top Shopify consultancy, Electric Eye. We cut the fluff in favor of facts to help you grow your e-commerce business. Let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Honest E-Commerce. I'm your host, Chase Clymer. Today, I'm welcoming the show Mike Pilkington. He's the former CEO of Death Wish Coffee and is currently a co-founder at Key Sparkling Water. Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Chase. Excited to be here. Oh, I'm, I'm very excited. Uh, you and I have chat about so many fun things in the pre-interview and just now before this. So I'm, I'm really excited to get into this conversation. So quickly, Key Sparkling Water is your new adventure. Uh, can you talk to me about the the products that you guys are bringing to market and what you guys are up to there? Yeah, so Key Sparkling Water was born out of this thought that you know you have this thirty billion dollar industry out there that still has problems that need to be solved, and as we know, every product exists to solve problems. And I I think about Key Sparkling Water as an opportunity for me to kind of come full circle in my career. Whereas I feel like I was an early adopter to the sparkling water market. I learned a ton, I learned a ton through uh, my time with Deathwish Coffee and understanding the consumer, understanding branding and understanding really how to go to market. And I think we'll talk a little bit about some of that later on, but really, you know, we found some problems that this sparkling water market has that we feel like we're uniquely positioned to solve. Uh, the, there's really four of them in our estimation. One that really people are looking for healthier alternatives right now to sugary sodas and to alcohol. So the market for that is huge right now. And people, what we're finding, they're say, they're, they're kind of sick of the same old options out there. So the opportunity for insurgent brands that are speaking kind of that, that language right now, I think is huge. The natural flavor aspect of what people put in sparkling water bothers us. When we do presentation decks to, to retailers, we specifically say, you know, WTF are natural flavors. And we think that we have an opportunity to give a consumer a, uh, a label that they don't have to search to understand what's in it. The other thing is, is that I quit drinking a couple years ago. And what I found is I still love college football and I need something that I can drink all day. I think the craft beer industry calls it sessionable. And frankly, there's not any sessionable sparkling waters out there because as we like to think about it, heavy bubbles lead to bloat. And then finally, I was standing in the sparkling water aisle two years ago and I realized, that, oh my gosh. There are so many choices out there, but there's not a lot of options. Everything looks exactly the same with the exception of a few outliers. It's got the same voice. It's got the same tone. It's got the same messaging, just packaged up slightly different. And we feel like we're uniquely positioned to, to enter this, what people call crowded space and disrupt. Absolutely, Mike. And, and you definitely speak with such a uh, conviction and understanding that I can only say is from your history of building yeah. one of uh, the more notable brands that we've had on the podcast. So how long have you been doing uh, key sparkling water and like how what was the you know the overlap I guess or lack of between leaving Death Wish and yeah. kind of starting key? So uh, the concept for Key was born within a month after me starting Death Wish. It was one of those things that I always kind of had on my long-term radar. And I think um, it all came to a point where it was the perfect time to start this. So it was, it was about a month after and we started incubating this brand. And from really September, October of 2022, we were able to launch on D2C in May of 
23. So our vision was clear. Uh, we had uh, not only of the brand and who we wanted to be, even though we're working really hard on refining the voice and tone, but we also had a, a line of sight on how we wanted to go to market and be a true digitally native, though omni-channel brand, because we understand that for this type of uh, product to scale, it's going to have to be largely through retail. But so there was about there was about a month, and we just ran hard, man, we ran hard. So let's just take it back a little bit in time. Sure. Um, your previous position as the CEO of Deathwish Coffee. Uh, how did you meet? Mike Brown over there, and what were you hired to do? Yeah, Mike Brown, fantastic man. I, I really appreciate him, and I, I've learned a ton from him, and I continue to learn from him. Um, but uh, I was prior to Deathwish Coffee, I was uh, running food service distribution facilities, and specifically one here uh, in uh, upstate New York. And Mike and his team had come in to talk about the possibility of food service distribution for his cold brew product, and it was pretty clear that they weren't ready for it yet for for, for various reasons, but we had a really solid meeting and, you know, a couple months after Mike reached out to me and said, Hey, do you remember me? Of course I remember you. Right. And, you know, we started talking from there and then for the next year uh, we, you know, met late at night because this is a relatively small community in bars, restaurants, and just kind of talked about what our vision should be for death wish coffee. And really my main responsibility was to come in and say, okay, I had responsibility managing type P and L's. I had responsibility, you know, I've scaled, uh, organizations before, and this was an opportunity for us to take this rocket ship, really add fuel to it, and 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 scale it. So uh, I was brought there to scale it from not only you know everything from from the people aspect to the systems and everything in between, and and create a really good story of exponential growth that would be attractive to people outside and inside the organization. Absolutely, uh, I think it's a very unique opportunity for me to ask you a question. I don't think I'll be able to ask much on this show. And it's as a founder, there's always, you know, like this pride and it's your baby. And like, how should you understand that maybe it's the right time to hire a CEO? Like did Mike share with you like why he knew he needed you to do this and he couldn't do it himself? Absolutely. I think uh, Mike Brown has many strengths, but uh, I think the one that I would put at the top is he has an extraordinary level of self-awareness. And when you have high self-awareness without an extraordinary ego, it allows you to make decisions that are really good for the incubation of your brand. And he realized that, you know, he is a brand expert. He is an e-commerce expert. Um, he is a visionary. But what he has opportunity to grow on in terms of his skill set is how to bring people together collectively to get them chasing one goal, right? And how do, how do we take people from diverse backgrounds, different ways of thought, and, uh, and, and have them feel like this project that they're on is bigger than theirs and, and, and be able to do that through various stages of growth. Because as you know, like as you grow, the business feels different. But there are certain fundamental things I don't think have to feel different if your leadership is strong. And I think Mike recognized that he had carried the ball a long, long way. Uh, and it was time for him to hand it off to somebody else that had a different skill set than his. That's, that's amazing. Um, so if I was a entrepreneur out there listening and I've got some success under my belt. Uh, What would you say should I be looking at either within my business or in my kind of skill set to maybe it's like, hey, maybe you should hire out some more of these C-level positions? So I don't even know if it's C-level positions. But when I think about it, I, I think you have to be very honest with yourself about what you brought to the table and what got you here. Because what gets you here is not necessarily going to get you there. And I think that's important to understand. Surrounding yourself with really sharp people that are yes men. 
And I think Mike did a great job of that. And I, I think he would tell you if he was speaking to you today that his team was pushing him as much as he was to find somebody that had the ability to take the business to the next level. So, you know, surround yourself with people that are going to tell you the right answers, not the comfortable answer. I think that's important. And I think secondly is I think I, I, I don't love buzzwords, but I think sometimes they're really impactful. And I think the, the word authenticity to me is, is huge. So if you have the ability to be authentic to yourself, understand who you are, what you bring to the table, what you have the ability to learn, or well, I think more importantly, what is more costly for you to learn than it is to outsource. Because what I've found is a lot of these entrepreneurs, they can do it, right? They, they have the ability to do it. A, a great example with our business, we just hired an outside agency to manage our Amazon. Like we can do it, right? But we can't do it like Rico can, right? So it's like just that level of self-awareness to be able to be authentic to yourself. And, and, and then really, I think that word authenticity goes to the next level and how we start to scale and surround ourselves, whether it be, and the reason I hesitated, because I, I don't think it's just that C-suite. Like, when do you need to bring in people that are functional experts on the day-to-day blocking and tackling that force multiply the efforts of the team uh, on a whole other level? So I think really asking yourself, like, am I being honest? Am I surrounded by the right people? Do I have the ability to to digest information that I don't love? And then more importantly, do I have the ability to understand what direction that points me in? And I, I know that that's a lot of words just to really say, be extremely honest with yourself, surround yourself with honest people and do it with extraordinary levels of authenticity. I love it, Mike. Uh, so let's go back to kind of your position at Death Wish. Is there any kind of major uh, kind of projects that you helped lead the team on that uh, you feel pretty proud about that you'd want to share? Oh, boy. Yeah, there's quite a few. I I think what I'm most proud about, though, is... I'm going to go back to the word authenticity and, and I'm going to, so the scaling aspect is uh, from a people perspective. I think we did a really good job scaling humans. Like when I was there, I was employee number 30. And by the time I left, I think we were at 85 and we did that with very little turnover in, in, in a very positive work environment. But I think what I was able to do is, uh, understanding, again, like I said before, that we want diverse backgrounds, we want diverse ways of thought, but we want similarly value or sim- similar value systems. And what I mean by that is like, how do you show up every day? What motivates you? Do you find satisfaction and shared success? Do you have a get shit done mentality? Do barriers really exist? Or are barriers just figments of what we've learned in the past? And we've hit too many no's. Like, like when I think about scaling the business, I think we did a really good job bringing in people that had those type of mentalities and recognizing that they look, they, they're all going to look different. Like, so for instance, like uh, death wish is known for this like tattooed edgy culture, right? I didn't need a C-suite executive, a director or an executor to come in and have tattoos, but they had to have the capacity for edginess. Right. And so really I think I'm most proud of being able to assemble a group of people that were all better than me that all were diverse and thought differently, but all had a shared value system. That's what allowed us to be so successful. And I, I think that when you talk about things like functionally for the business, like line extensions, standing up an ERP system, uh, entirely renovating our production uh, facility, those are like things that I think a lot of people would talk about as accomplishments. But I, I think about that as a product of the real accomplishment. And that's putting really great people uh, in a room together 
in a company together that have a shared value system and just wanted to get shit done. Absolutely. I mean, uh, it's that's zero to million, zero to even 10 million as a brand. You can do that with toothpicks and duct tape and systems that are going to break and a very, very scrappy team. But then switching into what you were hired to do, it, it, it's a lot of human capital and a lot of relationships that need to get built and understood. Quickly, yeah. yeah, exactly. I saw I saw this thing the other day. Um, it was on LinkedIn. I don't remember who said it, but they were talking about the whole adage of fail quickly is antiquated. And I don't agree at all. Like I think I think what helped us be successful is the very few times that we that we failed or, or made mistakes, either from the uh, who we chose or them choosing us. Uh, we failed quickly, but we failed openly. Like we created a, an environment where, like, okay, you're never surprised. Like you always know where you're standing because we care about you, and that's you know we want people to go home knowing where they stand. Because I think if COVID taught us anything, is that uh, unfortunate certainty is easily more palatable than uncertainty. So if you know the, the failing quickly aspect of scaling a business uh, has little has far less pain when it's done in an open forum. Absolutely. And you, you said a lot about authenticity earlier. So I'm going to hold you to it. Yeah. Uh, any failures come to mind from your tenure at the helm there? Without question. I've, I've learned over the last really three to four years that resumes are distracting. Company, big companies on a resume are distracting. Uh, degrees on a resume are distracting. Titles on a resume are distracting. And I think that uh, we have to do a better job as leaders when we look to scale a business through the people uh, and really finding the people that fit your business, not necessarily what they've done in the future. So understanding what I need people to have a capacity for. So for instance, like like I need the people that we surround ourselves with, I need you to have a capacity to be passionate. I don't even necessarily need you to be passionate about key sparkling water. But if you're passionate about your kids, your your family, your dog, fishing, you have the capacity for passion. I know there's something in there that will allow you to be successful in the mission that we're all trying to, to accomplish. And I think that I looked for the wrong things. I was impressed by the wrong things. And I think that as you grow a startup, and I think this is, this. if I could impart anything to the audience today, is that um, the ecosystem of a startup is extraordinarily fragile. And small ripples in the water have tidal wave effects. So if we could do the best we can as we're kind of navigating um, the unknown, navigating uncertainty, learning how to deal with failure, if we can keep that water as cool, calm as possible by surrounding ourselves with the right people from the start, man, the resistance, is, the, the resistance towards success in an uphill battle is so much less. So I think without going into specifics, there were you know four or five times during my tenure there where I was... I prioritized the wrong optics as I brought people in the door. Uh, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Um, let's pivot a bit here. You now are purely focused on key sparkling water. Um, what is kind of the different hats that you're wearing here at an early stage startup versus you know what you were doing at Deathwish Coffee? It's obviously still running the show, but it's different priorities, I'd assume. Oh, yeah. So um, I've learned to write a little bit of code. I've, I've buttoned up my legal chops, uh, interacting uh, in, in the depths of supply chain. I'm taking uh, direct meetings with retailers. So, I mean, really, I think the interesting part is, is that 
uh, because of my last experience, I learned so much from each of these individual people. Like we brought in true professionals. They were experts. To, and, and you don't realize that when you're surrounded by people that are truly great at what they do, the learning by osmosis that happens. So like I'm finding myself in situations right now, frankly, that I've never been in, that I have this eerie sense of confidence because I saw that person do it before. And I, I've been in the room where that's happened. So really, um, my focus really is on uh, customer and consumer facing uh, activities. And, that, and that's my role. And um, my other two partners are focused on other parts of the business. Hey there, Merchant. Are you tired of trying to navigate the wild world of e-commerce on your own? Are you looking for a partner to help you achieve your goals? Look no further than the Shopify Plus agency, Electric Eye. Our team has a proven track record of helping our clients make millions with strategic design and development. Whether you're migrating from a legacy platform to Shopify, designing a new theme for your store, or just looking to optimize what you already have, Electric Eye is the perfect partner for you. Electric Eye are true Shopify experts. Not only is our Shopify knowledge unparalleled, but we have partnerships with all the best tech in the Shopify ecosystem. And don't worry, we're easy to get a hold of. Our clients rave about our fast communication. So here's the deal. If you're an e-commerce business doing over $1 million a year, you can receive a complimentary Shopify diagnostic from our team of experts. That's free, personalized strategic recommendations to improve your store and grow your business. To get started, head on over to electriceye.io slash connect to schedule an intro call with one of our experts. That's electriceye.io slash connect. Are you tired of your cash flow being tied up in inventory that takes ages to arrive from China? How many times have you missed out on potential sales during peak season due to inventory delays? Well, here's some news that might just change the game for you. Imagine increasing your lead time by 10x without ordering inventory in advance, reducing your inventory risk by over 66%, and enjoying three times better cash flow. Sounds too good to be true, doesn't it? Well, with Portless, this dream can become a reality. In the unpredictable world of inventory projections and holiday rushes, Portless is your reliable partner. They ship your products directly from China to your customers, keeping you stocked without the burden of additional storage fees. Say goodbye to the hassle of ordering inventory in advance. With Portless, you have access to factory MOQs and can replenish fast-moving products in just three to five days. Capitalize on demand, eliminate wastage, and get your precious inventory ready for sale within two to four days of manufacturing. Manufacturing, no more waiting 45 to 60 days for cargo ship arrivals. Shipping to over 55 countries from their fulfillment center in China, Portless ensures your customers enjoy a seamless domestic experience with six day shipping and last mile tracking from trusted carriers like USPS, Royal Mail, and Canada Post. The best part? It's cost effective. Portless helps you improve your gross margins by up to 40% thanks to Section 321 eliminating fees and costs associated with traditional fulfillment options. Not only that, Portless ensures your products reach your customers on time while retaining the full domestic experience. Your customers can conveniently track their orders and you get to keep the custom packaging they love. If you sign up before March 30th and mention this podcast, Honest E-Commerce, you'll get 20 cents off your pick and pack fees for every order for the first three months. That means if you're doing 10,000 orders a month, that's $2,000 a month in total savings, $6,000 for your first three months. But remember, you have to contact Portless before March 30th to get this deal. Ready to revolutionize your inventory and fulfillment process? Visit portless.com today and let them help you with your inventory and fulfillment needs. 
Hey, everybody. Today's podcast is brought to you by IntelliGems, the ultimate profit optimization tool for Shopify merchants. I'm telling you this. Obviously, you know I own an agency. We use IntelliGems when we're running split testing and CRO stuff for all of our clients. Are you looking to maximize your profits? IntelliGems offers data-driven solutions to optimize your content, prices, discounts, and shipping rates. Join over 500 happy clients who have seen significant improvements. With IntelliGems, you gain control over your e-commerce economics, boosting your profit per visitor by an astonishing 36%. But that's not all. IntelliGems users report a 54.62 increase in revenue per visitor and a remarkable rise in conversion rates. How does IntelliGems do it? through a suite of tools that allows you to A-B test everything on your Shopify store, from landing pages to product prices and shipping rates. Imagine testing new layouts, offers, even a new Shopify theme with ease. We're testing a new landing page for our client on a new theme versus an old landing page on their old theme right now. IntelliGems empowers you to find the perfect price point for your products and optimize your shipping strategy. But there's more. Boost your average order value with customized campaign offers and discover if your customers prefer free shipping or a lower list price. With over $100 million in incremental profit generated, they have over 1.5 billion transactions ran through their software. They have over 400 million shoppers that have gone through their test. Intelligence is not a tool, it's a game changer for your business. Are you ready to transform your Shopify store's profitability? Book a demo today at IntelliGems.io. Empower your brand to reach new heights. Again, that's IntelliGems.io. IntelliGems, giving superpowers to your customer acquisition, retention, and overall profitability. For the listeners uh, that are kind of unaware of Key Sparkling Water, um, where would you say you guys are at? As far as a business goes, are you into retail yet? Are you, you know, primarily D 2 C? Are you looking at other marketplaces like Amazon? Like, what's what's the mix? What's everything like? So, I think D 2 C, Amazon, retail. I think they all exist for different reasons, but I think that they're all necessary for insurgent brands um, like we are trying to be to be successful and to be at scale. So, our initial launch was for proof of concept on D 2 C. Um, so you can find us at keysparklingwater.com. And that's kind of where we're working out the voice, the tone of the brand. And we've made some mistakes and we've, we've refined and we're continuing that, you know, refining process to really determine, you know, how we want to show up. We launched on Amazon in July. Um, we're finding success there. And like I said, we just hired uh, Rico Retail Media to kind of pilot that ship for us. Um, we, on February 1st, uh, nobody knows this yet, but I'll share it. But February 1st, uh, we will have our first retail placement, full placement at Coburn's in the upper Midwest. They're out of St. Cloud, Minnesota, and they're primarily in Minnesota, a little North Dakota, South Dakota, a little Wisconsin. So um, that's going to be our first retail placement in February. And we have, uh, we've, we've inked the deal here locally with uh, DSD that we're really excited about, which will allow us to penetrate the retail market here in upstate New York. So going back to launching D2C, yeah. And uh, using that to like learn about things. What was that kind of like go to market strategy on on direct consumer? How did you do that? I know a lot of the listeners out there, they just want to hear how someone else did it. Yeah. So, oh shoot, that's such a broad question. I you, you, I had somebody ask me the other day, how how do you start a brand? Well, you just start. Like you just start, like you literally just start. Sit down at your computer, Google something, and just start. 
so how we our, our go to market strategy is I think we were very you know I was very fortunate to um, be in the belly of the beast of one of the most successful D 2 C you know brands out there right so really all what we did was we unwound that to its roots and then started building it back up. Right, so we we knew who our we wanted our partners to be. We knew that we were going with Shopify. We knew that we were going with Clavio. We knew that we were going with Recharge for subscriptions. Um, so we knew we had certain partners that we wanted to start with because we uh, were familiar with them. And then from there, it's been about continuously refining, continuously refining. And by the way, like we are far from perfect. We're far from great, and we're far from where we wanted to be. But I think from an MVP standpoint, like we're there. If you were in the belly of our beat, no one would think that, I don't think anyway, maybe this is misplaced ego, but I think most people, if they looked at the brand, they looked at how we're nurturing the voice and the tone, wouldn't think that we're as young as we are as a brand, right? So um, really, I think to answer your question directly, how do you get started, you know, get started, have an idea of the partners that you want to choose. The ones that I name, I mean, they're, they're simple to interface with, right? I'm not a tech guy by trade, but gosh darn, they make me feel like it sometimes because of what they, I've been able to accomplish using their platform. So I think if, if, you know, starting with the base and just getting started and sit down and have a plan and work to execute that plan, I didn't say anything there, but it's the truth. And, and, and people want to articulate it, you know, deeper than that. Just get started. Awesome. I, I love that. Just get started. I will, though, ask about the marketing of just getting yeah. started. How did you get yeah. eyes on this website that you stood up? So um, lead generation, lead generation, lead generation. So the first thing we did, we knew it wasn't going to be necessarily, you know, nothing right now necessarily is about income for us. It's about generating interest, generating eyes, generating following, building, um, building that subscriber list building our social following, right? So right from the bat, we we like we went to uh, an event in Lake George, New York called Americade, if anybody is in the motorcycle world. And we were able to get, you know, 1,500 emails collected over four days to give us a really sharp base. And we did it through a lead gen of grip strength. We, we were targeting who our uh, consumer is. We are in kind of like a masculine looking brand. So why not? What's your grip strength? Come on over here, give it a test. And we were able to create a personality from the brand through these interactions, which allowed us to begin building our marketable list of people that knew who we were. They could put a face with the email. It's a lot harder to unsubscribe from email when you know the face of who's going to see your unsubscription, right? So from the beginning, we were able to kind of front load an email list with 1,500 emails real quick from lead gen that we had a personal connection with. So for us, that was kind of how we got started. And um, we continuously had that mentality of showing up in person, generating a list that is meaningful. Uh, you know, as, as, as we think about what makes brands successful, and I was fortunate to be part of a study over the last few years that looked at the core characteristics of insurgent brands. Uh, and that was defined by brands that are able to go into mature categories, disrupt, win, grow 10 times the category. Um, and, and really, it's about one of the key metrics of one of the key parts of the DNA of insurgent brands is that consumer connection. So us being able to create a consumer connection has been an extraordinary lead gen for us. And it really started priming the pump. And then one of the things that we found at Deathwish through extensive research was um, the, the number one way people heard about us was through referrals. And so our thought is, is that the more person, the, the more personal we can make a brand, which 
uh, people otherwise feel is untouchable, it's going to spread. That's, that, 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 that was our strategy on how to get started with lead gen. And then we've had some success with earned media. And here's what I will tell you. Nobody thinks about this. And I'm so thankful for Deathwish for teaching me this. Chase, this world is extremely accessible. Like you want to get to Post Malone? There's a way to get to Post Malone. Don't just say, how do you get to, there's a way to get to Post Malone. And when I think about the value of earned media, we're finding that um, communities love to prop up really good stories. And for us being here in upstate New York, whether it be the Times Union or the Albany Business Review that did pieces on us, it's not very hard to get people to want to talk about good stories in the community. And so that is another way that we put a lot of eyeballs on us really, really quick in a way that kind of enriches you know, every, everybody around us. People can feel good about a startup story in their backyard. That causes this emotional response locally for people to want to incubate and have ownership over the building of the brand. And I think a lot of insurgent brands think about you know, Death Wish, the liquid dust of the world. People love to be first on those bandwagons. And so, yeah, I mean, to us, it was about events showing off authentically, putting a face behind it to allow for meaningful lead generation, and then really um, taking advantage of earned media because your local markets, they want to talk about you. Like, and, and when they talk about you, someone else is going to want to talk about you, and someone else is going to want to talk about you. So that's, again... Get started. You're starting a brand. You're launching on D2C. Call your local newspaper. Call your local business review. They want, they're looking for stories like you. That's amazing advice. And something that we actually did when we started the agency eight years ago, we just fa- reached out. It's not that hard. Yeah. And you can talk to anyone you want on the internet. Look at this. I'm interviewing Mike. I hit him up on LinkedIn. It's that easy. Yeah. Did you know what happened with that? By the way, can I tell you a quick story? Sure. In, in, the, in the thought process, if the whole world is accessible, the day before you email or you reached out to me on LinkedIn, I emailed Jamie or I reached out to Jamie, Joe Rogan's producer on LinkedIn. And I said, Hey, you don't know me, but save this because I'm going to be on your podcast someday. Then the next day you reached out to me and I'm like, all right, man, that's a great example of just putting your thoughts and ideas out in the world and see what comes back to you. You know, that's amazing. Mike, for those listening and they're curious to check out your new adventure with Key Sparkling Water, they want to give it a try. Where should they go? What should they do? Check us out at keysparklingwater.com. And uh, we are also on Amazon. So check us out. Tell your friends. You order from us, we'll send you a special note. So Awesome. Mike, thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing so much. Thanks, Chase. I appreciate you, man. We can't thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing their knowledge and journey with us. We've got a lot to think about and potentially add into our own businesses. You can find all the links in the show notes. You can subscribe to the newsletter at honestycommerce.co to get each episode delivered right into your inbox. If you're enjoying this content, consider leaving a review on iTunes. That really helps us out. Lastly, if you're a store owner looking for an amazing partner to help you get your Shopify store to the next level, reach out to Electric Eye at electriceye.io. Until next time.